महाभारती and rekindle interest in the knowledge of bhagwan veda vyasa through her reimagination of the story of yudhishthira which she is bringing out as a trilogy called <laughs> where the first book is called the rise of dharma and we are awaiting the next two books in the series welcome simanti it's a pleasure to have you and it's also very rare to meet an author <coughs> to a woman author who wants to reimagine the story of yudhishthira of all the characters in the mahabharata before we get into talking about the book itself do uh, please share with us about your journey of the mahabharata first of all thank you so much indic book club for inviting me here i am really really honored and i am blessed to come to this platform and nothing can be greater pleasure for me than to have a discussion with my own writing mentors i saw fire and i am very blessed for that thank you thanks a lot so regarding my writing regarding my journey of the mahabharata that you asked so like many other indian children i am blessed to grow up with the story of the mahabharata my grandmother was there to tell me the stories from childhood and then we had the uh, children books the kids version of those colored books uh, with the images of the characters and that was very attractive to draw the attention to the story so from the beginning this was uh, the beginning of my journey and uh, i remember that from the very beginning i was liking lord krishna and obviously after him the pandavas the heroes of the epic from then only the for me the heroes means the pandavas and here i include draupadi also because she she is a sixth pandava for me and many will agree here with me that she obviously is the sixth pandava and all of them were my favorite characters from that age only so then when i grew up a little more when i was in high school in class 11 then i first got to read the proper mahabharata that is not a full version though that was a bengali translation and a summarized translation written by rajshekhar bosu uh, what's the author's name again rajshekhar bosu the bengali name actually i'm pronouncing in bengali uh, rajshekhar bosh rajshekhar bosh i have mentioned in my author's note also he is oh. commonly known as parashuram in bengali that is his pen name pen name so uh, his Version that was the Bengali version, and the uh, 
kind of summarized translation that was my uh, first proper reading of the stories of the mahabharata which i did not know and it left me with a lot of knowledge that uh, i did not get from those kids books or my grandmother did not tell me my parents did not tell me those things or i have watched the serials from childhood that serials also did not tell me or somewhere i see that that those tales are not matching with what i have watched in tv so those things started to come and another thing i remember that uh, that was my beginning of my love for yudhishthira from that uh, version that summarized bengali translation i remember that in the preface uh, rajshekhar bos has a very beautiful essay there he claims yudhishthira as the central protagonist of the epic and the hero of the epic that is a big claim so i never thought like that and when i uh, read his explanation of why he thinks so and again uh, how he is uh, translating his story the uh, parts where yudhishthira is very we will come to that that uh, how yudhishthira is very good and his positive sides how he has written those parts that made me uh, like him even more so that was the starting and after this book i was very much interested in the epic uh, then i started reading more and more on the epic i switched to the other works by other authors including both fiction and non fiction then one thing came to my notice that is the character yudhishthira i am liking so much does not have a very good reputation or very good image to most of the people most of the people that means uh, it can be a common people around me in my bengali community or a scholar it can be anyone but it does not have very uh, he doesn't have any very good reputation to most of the people so that i uh, found one thing that he is mostly seen as a selfish brother a jealous husband and overall a gambler the weakest point the point with which we criticize the most so <clears throat> i found that his positive traits are very uh, overlooked very much overlooked and uh, not highlighted that much so that bothered me a lot for the first time so i was thinking that why then the krishna the best king maker the greatest king maker of his time even if you uh, don't call him a god if even if he is a most intelligent person of his time why would that person that king maker choose this yudhishthira as the emperor of his land that question came to my mind was it that bad was it was it nothing beyond uh, being a gambler why we are seeing only in the dice hall and not beyond that this question started to make me rethink so after this uh, i uh, decided kind of uh, my from my passion that a decision came that why should not i try why should not i try to do something for this yudhishthira who my love so much why should not i try something to write on him 
and to bring out his positive sides to the readers. So it started uh, in 2014, I actually thought to write something and I did not know if I could write anything or not, but it was mainly emotion driven initially. Sure. Thank you. Thanks for that. Uh, I think I'm going to make a note of uh, Rajshekhar Ghosh uh, ji's translation because uh, it's rare that we come across uh, versions of Mahabharata which have Yudhishthira as uh, the protagonist. So that now uh, that brings me to the, my second question about uh, this perception about Yudhishthira, right? And most uh, most of the you know, critics of Yudhishthira. Their criticism of him is uh, it hinges on one event that is wagering of Draupadi in the Dyutasabha. Right? And uh, for some surprising reason, they don't seem to be that disturbed with him wagering himself or, or his brothers and worse the kingdom. You know, there are so many unnamed people whose, uh, you know, whose destinies are just written in a second, rewritten in a second because you know, he chose to transfer the power. Somehow, uh, unfortunately, we don't have uh, enough discussion about that going on and a lot of uh, it hinges on Draupadi. But uh, I'm hoping you'll cover this, uh, cover that part in the second book. Uh, so to the viewers, Rise of Dharma, uh, <laughs> it shows the trajectory of Samrat Yudhishthira from his, uh, uh, you know, entry into Hastinapura as an orphaned uh, son of Pandu, entering his, uh, you know, his familial home for the first time, till he becomes the Chakravarti Samrat of Bharatvarsha, after till the point of Rajasuya. And I am waiting for uh, her next book. That's where a lot of interesting events would happen. And uh, I'm very interested to look at her, uh, her way of looking uh, at the Dyuta Sabha as well as Vanaparva, which is the most beautiful chapter of Mahabharata in my uh, view. So Simanti, I wouldn't uh, ask you to uh, you know, spoil the suspense of your book too or anything like that. But uh, would you share some of the high, uh, share with uh, the viewers uh, some of the high points of Yudhishthira's trajectory that most of us miss. Yes, that is a very good question, actually, Sai, because you said it correctly. Because we, I also think that we are limiting our vision on his character only on that single day of that dice game. And we are missing many other days of his life. And his life is 18 for us long epic. And we are missing most of that part. Before the dice game also he had a life, after the dice game also he had a life, we are missing that, so we should not. So let's talk something about that. First of all, I would uh, like to start from the very basic, that is uh, his adherence to the dharma. We all know that he is a follower of the dharma, but what dharma is actually to him? He himself answers to the uh, Lord Dharma when he comes to test him uh, as the in the disguise of Yaksha. This is this is from the Yaksha Prashna, right? From the Yaksha Prashna. So then the Lord Dharma himself asks his son that what is the highest dharma? Hmm. So what Yudhishthira replies, he replies that the highest dharma is Anvi Shamsa. 
that is the uh, in english it will be just uh, plain non violence but actually i believe this anvishamsa is much more than that he actually means to say that for him the highest dharma is not to hurt anyone be it physically be it emotionally be it uh, economically not to hurt or harm any creature that is the uh, highest dharma for him the and we always will see that uh, he indeed practices what he preaches that is very important for someone that he is not simply a preacher of the rule book dharma but he is the practitioner of it immediately after this quest the question and succession with lord dharma we will see that uh, the god is very pleased with his son and he is still in disguise but uh, he is giving him the option that i will save any one of your brothers you choose so yudhishthira without thinking a second time is choosing nokula not his own brothers bhima and arjuna why so he is again saying that reason is his dharma because he cannot hurt the emotion of the madri's soul who is his late step mother but he still cares for her and he cannot just let her both sons die that is partiality for him and that is cruelty that is nishamsa for him so he has to practice the anvishamsa and he has to care for uh, both his mothers kunti and madri so since he is alive he has to ensure that the at least one son the eldest son of madri also survives that is one uh, that is a very well known part of the epic another one i would like to say that is another test of lord dharma that is before he enters to heaven he earned the heaven by his own karma by his own virtues but in front of the lord of heaven the king of gods he is rejecting heaven plainly saying that i cannot enter i would won't enter unless you allow this dog who has come with me that is a very big thing actually he here also he cannot be cruel to that dog who was in his shelter and he mentions also there that it is my dharma that i cannot leave i cannot abandon this dog who has come with me this was actually we know that dog was none but his celestial father himself and that was the second test he was taking and his third test also we see that he was shown the hell and be it illusion be it anything else he was shown the hell and he saw that all his loved ones were in the hell he willingly rejects heaven there also and chooses to live in the hell just because his family and friends were there after this lord dharma himself comes and says i was testing you my son you have passed with flying colors and you are maintaining your uh, moral standard that's why you al- already deserve heaven so that thus he goes to the heaven final so this is actually the uh, some of the examples of his what dharma means to him next another thing i would like to share that is uh, one of my very favorite uh, parts from the epic i remember when i read this part from the rajshekhar goshes mahabharata i it was the first incident that made me fall in love with yudhishthira that is pajagora parva the incident with the nohusha the big serpent 
who was no none other but the ancestor of the pandavas nausha who was the son of rajati the ancestor of pandavas he was cursed by one of the shaktarishis due to uh, his some ill manner and ill behavior to the goddess indrani he was cursed to become that large serpent in the forest and also uh, that uh, rishi has told him that your descendant yudhishthira will liberate you from this condition so uh, in this forest we see what one day bhima was uh, for uh, he has uh, left his heart for hunting and he was suddenly seized by this large serpent who was none but the nohsha himself then bhima's all strength suddenly failed that day he could not escape from the grip of that serpent he almost was ready to die he gave up but then yudhishthira comes into the picture <coughs> he was already out of the heart for searching his brother and then he uh, comes to the spot and sees this condition he sees and understands the situation then first what he does that is very natural for him he tells the uh, serpent that uh, listen uh, serpent the great serpent leave my brother i will give you alternative food but the serpent was not at all interested in food he was interested with a question and answer session so he starts asking questions to yudhishthira the very first question is very mind blowing answer uh, i am going to share the first question he asks that who is a brahmana who is a true brahmana so there yudhishthira answers that a person who has seven qualities in him he is considered to be a brahmana which seven qualities he mentions those seven qualities first is honesty truth truth charity forgiveness good conduct or good behavior benevolence observance of rights of his order and mercy these seven qualities if there are these seven qualities in any person according to yudhishthira he should be called the brahmana so uh, then nohusha was a bit surprised nohusha asked that how so this is very generalized answer these qualities are very generalized ones and it can be found in anyone in any person so if we see these qualities in any shudra then what should we call him then yudhishthira's reply is any person having these seven qualities can never be a shudra he is obviously a brahman now this is something actually uh, amazed me when i first read in that uh, summarized version itself at uh, in this high school days only i was just surprised and i i was awestruck by this that how can someone in this time can say so liberally that uh, brahmin is not someone by birth but by virtues by character so that was something actually attracted me more towards him even if you see that uh, in the in his uh, question and answer session with the yaksha he also repeats the similar thing because here also we have a similar question the yaksha asks him that how do you uh, define a brahmin is it by birth 
or by uh, behavior or by uh, learning or studying what four options given so yudhishthira selects the second one that is the behavior not by birth not by learning or studying anything just plainly behavior or character he also mentions that uh, generally we don't see him giving so large answer in those questions but here he explains a little bit with another verse so that shloka says that if any brahmin is very well educated well versed in all the scriptures all the shastras still if his character is not good he is performing wicked uh, deeds then he is considered to be an illiterate so that is basically echoing his uh, word from what is uh, discusses with nohusha the same thing comes here also so this liberal thought this liberal mindset about the caste system what we many of you don't many of we don't know we uh, skip these things very often but this is something uh, makes him stand out from the others yes so yes that thank you for that very beautiful uh, enunciation of uh, ajagara parva because that uh, gets overlooked by many readers and interpreters of mahabharata so that uh, that's one incident that sheds a lot of light on the liberal nature of yudhishthira in the sense uh, uh, it just proves that he has truly internalized the all the shastras that <laughs> red and actually practices them you know in a intelligent manner so that's one uh, episode even which is uh, which amazed me to be uh, honest when i was reading the mahabharata so that uh, brings me when we are talking about the guna based varna you know instead of the birth based varna we that, that brings us that uh, to the point that the varna is decided by the gunas like so with this seven gunas uh, makes a brahmana and when there is this uh, discussion on the varna uh, i am reminded of karna and again even he is held as a another flawed hero uh, right and uh, only thing is i am uh, tempted to ask this question because there's again uh, there's a new movie in tamil named karnan who you know where it's a modern uh, uh, movie uh, it's a story set in modern india where the protagonist is fighting for the downtrodden and uh, then the movie claims to be inspired by karna you know who's also what but was karna actually a mascot of the downtrodden uh, you know in the words of many interpreters of mahabharata many writers who have uh, explored mahabharata so was he really a uh, mascot of the downtrodden well first of all uh, he himself was not a downtrodden he himself did not represent the downtrodden uh, group of people because he was not a shudra he was a shuta who was uh, born out of the intercaste marriage of kshatriya and brahmana his foster that means a father kshatriya father and a brahmin mother their uh, children is called the shuta 
and they were nowhere same, applied, near... uh, same rule applied to yadu right uh, from the yayati and uh, devyani devyani is the brahmin किंगडम पॉसिबल so that is very much true that corno was uh, not someone uh, down trodden and regarding uh, his effort to uh, i don't see any effort mentioned in the text as a ruler that he is doing something or trying something to uplift these down trodden people or to improve the lives of these people rather we see uh, we never see any respect Uh, from him to towards women or towards the downtrodden people rather we see the opposite if we see yudhishthira in parallelly he had a respect for all types of people in society if we see uh, in the fifth uh, parva in the udvaga and then when sanjaya comes with the dhritarashtra's message to him when sanjaya is departing then Yudhishthira is asking him to enquire the well-being of everyone of Hastinapura, and that includes everyone, including uh, the guards and the servants of the palace, all the women of the palace, uh, and outside the palace there are the beggars, the uh, people of uh, living in the streets of Hastinapura, the handicaps, even the prostitutes. So how wide visioned ruler he was, we can understand how caring he was to all. kinds of people he did not discriminate but we don't see such a ruler in corner because uh, we can see his discussion with shalla in the uh, just before the his final battle he used to even sell women and children the that was the tradition of congo if i may say more so actually i don't think that he did something for the upliftment of those people <clears throat> so that brings me another interesting point you mentioned about uh, the main narrator of mahabharata ugrashrava being the suta himself the yadavas are sutas and uh, somehow suta is wrongly being understood as a charioteer of course charioteer uh, the role of a charioteer was one of the roles that sutas took up uh, right but they were very close to the royals yes they and were very that is not a uh, you know that's not no. a, any way a lowly role and uh, no. the charioteer and the warrior and the warrior they need to be in perfect sync with each other to actually uh, you know execute a war strategy 
No, maybe uh, partly blame should fall on all these visual adaptations of Mahabharata, where they show stationary chariots and uh, you know then arrows that defy gravity and you know politely meet each other and all that. So uh, that showing of stationary charioteer, I think that has degraded the respect for charioteer as such in the minds of general public, and then they started attributing something called charioteer. Sun as something uh, low or an insult or something like that, right? Uh, so that uh, I mean, thank you about Karna. I mean, I took the liberty to <laughs> deviate from the main topic uh, because you have read uh, the Mahabharata and Allied uh, works very deeply. So tell us something. Uh, actually, Simanti. Uh, Questions from the audience have started flowing <laughs> right now, and uh, I just another fifteen minutes. This is for the benefit of aspiring writers and other lovers of Mahabharata. Uh, so we are, we are so the next couple of questions we are uh, trying to uh, we shall try to absorb as much knowledge from the as. Uh, we can about her writing journey. So, uh, how was it about uh, you know writing, because, uh, especially uh, Rise of Dharma, and I think the next uh, two books that will follow. These are written in the first person from the eyes of Yudhishthira, and writing in first person is a challenge in itself because uh, a lot of important incidents <laughs> the protagonist is not present. Uh, we don't get the visual. Uh, the visual representation of that it should be it would be a tell version whatever we get will be a tell version so what what were your challenges as a writer well so uh, i must say that initially what i actually wrote that was not even a fast draft if i may say if something can be called a negative draft it was that so over the years, I have to learn uh, a lot about the art of writing. I had researched a lot. I had uh, studied uh, in Google and internet and some books. And then I somehow understood uh, the this POV, the point of view writing. And I was uh, I decided already that I will choose the first person POV to bring Yudhishthira closer to the readers. Uh, so it was a deliberate choice from the beginning. I did not change that. And uh, regarding the uh, writing, uh, it took a lot. Uh, it totally took actually almost six years to bring it to this shape. So it was all writing and rewriting before that. Um, I remember that initially the draft was more than uh, 100k words and I had to cut down a lot. And uh, now it is below 80k. So I had cut down a lot. All of my the scenes I have loved, I have cut down. Uh, so had you uh, had you imagined that this would be a trilogy, or uh, you know, were you planning for a trilogy or one book, or how did it happen? Uh, initially, I did not have any specific plan. Uh, just I started as it came. The ideas came and the scenes came. I started writing. Then uh, at a point uh, near the uh, Lakshagriho incident what, when I was writing that, I felt that it would be very big if I uh, try to finish everything in one book. So I then decided to break it up. 
because I was writing in very detail, and uh, if anyone has read the book, he or she will see that I have tried to put every character in their uh, detail. So that detailing was in their was in my mind that I uh, wanted to give space to everything and every event and every character. That's why I thought that uh, a series is required for that and more books. Sure. Thank you. Thanks a lot. And uh, how was the publishing journey? Because uh, I know that uh, the way publishing industry has, I know now a lot of things are changing at the present moment as we speak, but uh, a book on Yudhishthira would not have been uh, publisher's favorite uh, you know, if, I don't know if I'm wrong in saying that, but uh, how was the uh, experience with the publishers and uh, uh, what made you go for uh, Kindle Direct Publishing as well as then I think the traditional publisher happened after you self-published uh, the Kindle version of the... Uh, so the viewers, uh, Simanti, she had self-published uh, the Kindle version of Rise of Dharma uh, and she still holds the rights uh, for the digital edition and the Om Sai Tech Books approached her for the print distribution rights and uh, because of that we have the hard copy of Rise of Dharma with us and uh, again I can't wait for the next two books. Uh, so uh, do tell us about your uh, uh, you know, experience with self-publishing. This is again for the benefit of younger writers, aspiring writers who are watching this. Well, so like uh, many other authors, I also faced a lot of uh, rejection from the traditional publishers. When I approached them, I sent mails to them. Uh, few of them uh, re reverted back with the rejection letters. Reje uh, not a letter, just a plain line that uh, we don't take, we can't take. That is the pure rejection. And obviously that hurts. And some of them did not reply at all. So then I thought that I, I have to self-publish because I have to uh, publish what I have written, not for myself. I always used to remind myself throughout the journey, throughout all my writer's blog, that I'm not doing this for myself, but for my protagonist, for my Yudhishthira, I'm doing this. And I have to do it for him. So I did not wait uh, longer. I then went for self-publishing and Amazon KDP, was my first preference in that because I was very inspired by my writing mentor and guide who is none other than you, Sai Sarupa. And thank you, thank you a lot. I was very much inspired by your uh, self-publishing journey as you have started your own uh, journey. So I thought to follow on your footsteps and I also... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I also went uh, to the self-publishing and what I found that Amazon KDP is very author-friendly. We get a lot of uh, features here that is very useful for any beginners, that is, uh, be it the promotional marketing tools or be it the, uh, your uh, liberty to change anything post-publishing. That is a very rare privilege any author could get. After publishing, you can change even your content and manuscript cover, blurb, anything you can change. So that is a very rare advantage. So I would suggest any aspiring author to try it because it is, I myself enjoyed a lot and 
then the hard copy was uh, taken by the publisher om sitek books i am really grateful to them so that i can hold my book my uh, own hands today i am grateful to them for that sure thank you thanks a lot uh, so viewers uh, who, uh, who are watching this live this is a good opportunity to ask your questions regarding mahabharata yudhishthira unknown aspects of mahabharata writing and publishing with simanti uh, please do type your questions on the chat what uh, are the question and answers we'll uh, take them up one by one so before we open up the floor for questions from the audience simanti tell us about uh, your schedule uh, for the next two books so have you started writing when can we see the book two and what exactly would it deal with i can easily guess that it will definitely have the dice game and uh, should be the vana parva as, uh, as well so that uh, would be the highest uh, book in the series because it has uh, some really steep trajectories of the character so uh, if you can do please share with us about your experience of writing book 2 because i know that you are quite on an advanced stage of writing book 2 okay so yes i have already started writing the uh, book 2 that is titled as the trials of dharma trials of dharma trials of dharma beautifully done initially i thought as a title that rise after a fall because not only the fall i want to focus on the rise so initially that was the title but well uh, that is the actually i have given out my theme actually that's for the book too that is the theme because it will start with its fall and will end with its rise fall means obviously it will start with the infamous game of dice and after that his exile and how he learned and uh, corrected his mistakes how he uh, prepared himself in those 13 years and it will end uh, most probably after the virata parva that is the incognito after the incognito period it will end so i have started writing and it is going to be one of the most difficult part for me to first of all for any author i think uh, writing the second book is the most difficult and uh, secondly i am uh, this i have myself chosen this uh, topic which is very difficult itself and writing dice game and uh, these things from the perspective of yudhishthira is just emotionally killing me because that is very very emotional part to write from an author i am uh, just self editing my first draft yet to uh, send it to the editor and what is going on <laughs> thank you thanks a lot uh, now uh, i won't take more time uh, that should rightfully belong uh, to the audience here so we have a question uh, from an anonymous attendee uh, who says similar to yudhishthira nakula and sahadeva aren't that much you know uh, aren't given that much importance where when they were the epitome of medical treatment to the group so why what inspired you to write upon yudhishthir only 
So uh, the user is anonymous, so I have no way of uh, knowing his name. Uh, but having read uh, the book, I think uh, Sibanti tried to focus, though it is written from the perspective of Yudhishthira, he, she tried to focus on the strengths of all the Pandavas, but uh, over to you, Sibanti. Well, so I actually uh, chose Yudhishthira because, uh, well, he is one of the underexplored characters of the Mahabharata. And uh, I have a plan to work on the other underexplored characters of uh, from both the epics in future. So the twins might come in that. So if, even if not is a full length novel, uh, even if a short story, twins might come in that. Because I always plan to write about the lesser known characters and the underexplored both male and female characters. I like to explore them. So that is uh, there in my mind. <laughs> sure, thank you. Uh, the next question is from uh, Padmavati Krishna. Uh, she has two questions in fact. What are uh, lesser known facts of Yudhishthira, about Yudhishthira? And her second question is, how was the relationship between Yudhishthira and Dhritarashtra post-Mahabharata war? That's a very interesting question. Well, so for the first question, uh, I think I have uh, talked about some uh, lesser known aspects. Another one I would say that is the, uh, I did not get uh, time to that, so I did not tell, now I'm telling. So that the Ghosha Jatra in the forest, that is one of the lesser known facts, actually not exactly lesser known, but we forget Yudhishthira's role in that particular episode, that it was he who insisted his brothers, actually initially Bhima was very happy, well, Gondorvas are our best friends, what we could not do, Gondorvas are doing very well, etc., etc. But then Yudhishthira insisted his brothers that no, Still, Kauravas are our cousins and belong to our family. First point. Second point is, there are the women of Kuru household who are also saved by the Gandharvas. We cannot let them get disrespected by the uh, others. So, that uh, made him insist his brothers to go and release them. He had a very good opportunity to take revenge. I would say two things he could do here. First is taking the uh, revenge uh, by doing the same thing on the women of the Kauravas, what they did to Draupadi. First one is that he could not do because that was not his character. He could not lower himself to the standard of his enemy. He could not go to that level to take the revenge on the women. We would see always that uh, he had a great respect for the women. He never disrespected any of the enemies or defeated king's women. So he could not do that. Second one, he had the option to of inaction, but he did not choose that also. He could sit quiet, uh, that why should I interfere? But he did not do that also. He did take the action and that shows him a, in a high standard, I feel. And uh, what was the second question? Uh, the relationship between Yudhishthira and Dhritarashtra post-Mahabharata war. So basically Dhritarashtra, though he did not fight, is the classical defeated king. Yes, yes, obviously. 
right and so, uh, we all know how yudhishthira was treated uh, you know once he was defeated in the dimukta dai yes. so how did yudhishthira treat uh, the king who he defeated yudhishthira always respected all his elders from the childhood from the very beginning and to dhritarashtra i would say since he himself was a fatherless man dhritarashtra was in the position of his father from the beginning it was dhritarashtra himself who did not uh, uh, give him that part from his side and he always uh, discriminated between his own sons and his nephews but yudhishthira after uh, the kurukshetra he always says that uh, i do not want to rule uh, uncle this is your rule and you take over and then dhritarashtra understand finally i what i love is that finally dhritarashtra says to yudhishthira that you are my uh, you are my son but i could not recognize you and i did not give you your share of while in time that's why i have to see this day today that all my hundred sons are got killed if i if i given your due to you in given time then we would not have to see this day today that was something i would like nice thank you for that again <laughs> anuradha uh, has a question one how does one differentiate one's work when so many people are writing on mahabharata characters i know uh, all the mahabharata books especially fictional works are uh, you know unfortunately cabled under mythological fiction or uh, you know these kind of categories but the mahabharata deserves a genre of its own uh, is what is my feeling maybe maybe all the authors in the genre should uh, put up a request to nilson to introduce a you know new category code or something for books just based on mahabharata but uh, uh, to answer anuradha's question yes how do how would you ensure that your work stands out uniquely amongst these hundreds of books now i tried from my side to make it stand out now rest the leader should say whether i could succeed or not but uh, initially i tried to uh, differentiate from the other authors in the characterization of yudhishthira because if you uh, if we see the uh, other authors they basically either overlook his role in the epic or uh, he is shown mostly in the negative light and uh, i have tried to show a different yudhishthira and also the other pandavas also and the draupadi and krishna all the characters i have tried to give their due and also some uh, political aspects i have tried to capture like that i have tried my best and i am still trying in the other two parts that's thank you now there are a bunch of questions so unfortunately i'll have to summarize them uh, there are some common questions as well uh, shrikant s and ramesh kini both have one question about the role of bhagwan vyasa during the times of mahabharata and shrikant ji specifically asks if uh, you know uh, like how is the role of sage veda vyasa himself addressed in your particular book 
yes so uh, without him he is the very creator of the epic and without going down to him i believe we cannot start the reading or writing on the epic and uh, obviously due respect to him and i have tried to portray him in my book as one of the mentors of my hero uh, he is one of the uh, mentors of yudhishthira if you uh, see chapter 4 his uh, introduction is there he is introduced uh, as the mentor of the hero when the hero is uh, inspires the hero to be a hero like that so that is his role in the text also which i tried to recreate i know even uh, the appearance of the manifestation of vedavyasa himself into the story is quite uh, you know he comes when the, whenever the, the story is going to take a twist uh, he comes up like a dramatic twist aesthetically that's a very interesting point so wherever vedavyasa comes okay something is going to change here yes obviously yeah that's uh, shubham is uh, shubham datta Uh, as what was your motivation while writing this great book uh, i guess uh, simanti has uh, explained that then he says how do you how did you keep yourself going through the whole writing process and uh, what character uh, what role does krishna play in your book and uh, you know when we look at it, everything from yudhishthira's pov <laughs> what is the role of krishna well krishna is uh, not only his cousin or his friend he is also he also plays the role of one of his mentors and the great uh, guides of him one of the guides of him who guides him to uh, rise from where he were to what he reached finally so we will see that it is krishna who actually observes and selects him uh, i'm talking about my version who krishna is actually uh, observing and selecting him as the replacement of the emperor jarashantha who was the uh, that that time he was making the life of people hell so as the replacement of him krishna first chooses yudhishthira and then he plays the role to make him reach there to the imperial throne then there are two more questions unfortunately i think that's all we'll be able to accommodate uh, for now uh, ranjit asks uh, this is a trick question <laughs> if karna was alive after the war would yudhishthira have made him the king out of respect or would he have denied karna the position due to karna's adharma uh, i know Ran- i know that ranjit uh, himself is a scholar Uh, in mahabharata and the puranas especially uh, so he carefully uses the word adharma instead of relationship here so would uh, basically would karna's role as the elder brother would it have taken precedence or his uh, you know all, all his acts of adharma would they have counted well uh, difficult to say because uh, as we see his uh, hatred for karna's adharma what he has done to in the daisol after that we see his uh, hatred for the person but after knowing karna's 
truth, we see him cry a lot and uh, lament a lot, regret a lot for uh, killing him. So there, I think, um, initially he would have um, thought something uh, like, uh, I should not uh, be the king, as we see after the Kurukshetra, he did not want to be the king and everyone had to try a lot to make him rule. And initially, but if uh, Karna was alive, I think uh, that is very tricky to answer what to say. Maybe finally, uh, initially, maybe a conflict could be there between his between the between his ideals and the relation or the uh, that thing, the emotions. But at the time, I believe that he would uh, overcome that conflict and the let dharma rule let dharma prevail after the initial conflict is over because that is what he is made of and uh, he has faced many conflict in his life but every time we can see that uh, he let uh, dharma prevail so i believe he would do that this case only that's a very diplomatic answer i guess <laughs> Tricky question and sometimes questions like this, uh, I know they bother me too when I uh, speculate and we just have to thank Veda Vyasa or uh, you know the destiny that things happened the way they did. And Arjuna for killing him. Yeah, so uh, Ajit uh, <clears throat> has a question, what was the take of Yudhishthira on Kurukshetra before the war? Uh, we only uh, his basically he means to ask uh, there is a, a lot of focus on Arjuna's uh, thoughts before the war like you know he thinks about what would uh, the destruction that would happen and the effect it would have on the society basically all the Kshatriya fathers are going to die where would the mothers go where would the young children the orphan children uh, what would their state be and what is the whole point of this victory that is achieved by killing our own. Uh, but what was Yudhishthira's take? Uh, because to my knowledge, uh, once the war starts, we don't see Yudhishthira wavering. You know, we see even Arjuna uh, you know, losing it at times, especially when he came face to face with uh, Bhishma or at times with Drona. But uh, we don't see that wavering on Yudhishthira's part once the war starts, but so yes. before the war, what was the what was exactly Yudhishthira? What was before team? that? Uh, I would like to say that uh, what he tells Shangaya that when he brings Dhritarashtra's message, that Dhritarashtra is asking for that. Well, you are a very good boy. You please don't fight, don't uh, kill my sons, like something like that. If I summarize, so when Shangaya brings that message to him. He, we see him in a very strong and powerful position to say that I am ready for both. I am ready for both war and the peace. It is your choice what you decide. It is your decision what you will do. If you prefer peace, I'm ready for peace. If you don't, then come to the battlefield. And that shows that how much he has learned from the preparation of the 13 years, how much he has uh, developed himself. That is very powerful part that he is giving option to them that please put a tick mark, what you want. 
that's interesting now the last question for the day so sorry to everyone who could not get their questions answered but i would say uh do please engage with simanti on her twitter uh, id as well as facebook she's active very active on social media uh, very vocal about her views as she keeps studying the mahabharata and uh, so you're please welcome to interact with her also be a please be a part of our facebook group uh, where we'll have continue to have uh, vibrant discussions such as this so the last question for the day uh, simanti would be from ramesh kini who say who asks uh, we have heard from many notable authors that yudhishthira is gullible in nature example dice game and mainly mainly and then many others with this quality can he become a good ruler so here i think the we lack some insight into yudhishthira as a ruler right he was a very good ruler and uh, there was a reason that he is called the king of dharma there is a reason for that and no one uh, no one else krishna himself calls him that that you by nature you are the king of dharma that is a discussion in the exile so there must be a reason for that and many times we see um, arjuna praising others praising that he did follow the very basic the very uh, first rule of raja dharma that uh, he used to treat his subjects like a father would do to his children that is said many times in the text so i think uh, from that aspect we can say that he was a good ruler and there i i don't have any doubt on that he was one so i guess we will see his uh, uh, you know your future uh, books should carry a couple of chapters about his rule i think rise of dharma itself has uh, quite some detail uh, into yudhishthira's role as a yuvaraja and what are the kinds of reforms he tried to bring out in hastinapura as a yuvaraja before they were sent out to the this you know varanavarta to be burnt in a house of uh, lack so that uh, so that brings us effectively to the end of this session and there are so many interesting comments by re, by the viewers uh, for example when we were discussing uh, the point about sutas uh, pranchu saxena uh, gets to add i am just reading it out for the benefit of all the viewers who would be watching this in future as well so he says kekaya is a suta uh, sharda uh, sardandayani especially okay anupas that is uh, neela and who is a best friend to bhima he is a suta uh, matsyas uh, everybody yes uh, sivanti had talked about kichaka and uh, sudeshna especially so then there are uh, quite a few chatriya chatriya families who had brahmin mothers and hence there were sutas vandi son of varuna was a suta and also akrata varna who is a disciple of parashurama he was also a suta because that's uh, you know we come across some kind of uh, criticism against parashurama also for cursing karna and all that so thank you thank you pranchu uh, i guess that's all uh, there's one suggestion about uh, a book called 
a hindu primer yaksha prashna by dr av shrinivasan parijata publications listeners may really appreciate this gem of a book for children and other adults uh, this is being recommended by jasmine shaw thank you ja thank you jasmine for being a part of this program and this, this wonderful suggestion and uh, again my request to everybody to be a part of uh, indic book club facebook group uh, do please get your copy of uh, rise of dharma uh, give it a read and uh, do interact with simanti i guess uh, i am very sure that uh, you would find out a lot of unexplored parts of mahabharata by uh, interacting with her and thank you thanks a lot uh, simanti we are waiting all the best for your book too all of thank us waiting for that for the release date and indic book club uh, as well as indic academy will be stay in touch with you for further discussions so thank you thanks a lot thanks all of you